try to go on. <laughs> He's very likable. I, I, I agree with that. I don't think I'm that bad. Uh, uh, you're likable no. enough. Thank you so much. <laughs> Maybe you don't agree with all or most of Barack Obama's policies, but I do think you could sit down and have a beer with the guy. According to NPR, that's a shorthand for likability in politics. Which candidate would you actually have a beer with? Obama is largely considered likable, and likability itself is important in a president. There's a need for respect there because, just like in high school, elections are also popularity contests. Is it a good system? Not necessarily, no. Someone may be popular, but terrible at leadership and decision-making. But at the end of the day, the president has to be someone that is looking out for the country, someone that you can trust to have your best interests at heart, or as the motto goes, someone you'd have a beer with. While I'm not much of a beer drinker, I do prefer gin myself, I would never have a drink with Ron. Ron DeSantis has had to be coached on how not to be an asshole, basically. So yeah, aggressive policies have their place, but when you are so aggressive and so firm on them that the Republican Party has to actually tell you to cool your jets, I think you know something's wrong. And it certainly seems like the governor is trying. Here he is laughing or something while meeting with supporters in Iowa a few weeks ago. Does that, whatever that is, does that make him seem likable or human for that matter? And I also don't think that's really a human laugh. Neither I nor this anchor know what the hell that weird fake cackle was, but I don't think that was quite human. Obviously, we're not just talking about Ron's popularity here because, you know, hell, we said it earlier, politics shouldn't really be just a popularity contest. There are way more important things to discuss. But to me, likability means a little bit more. It means how sympathetic and caring you are to the people you promise to lead. And the question here, does Ron want to help people in America or is he simply trying to mold and control people into the image that he sees fit? Well, it certainly looks like the latter. Remember how people compared Trump's policies to Hitler's? Lately, Ron has been compared to, of all things, a Hungarian authoritarian. His grip on the education system, his bans on discussing gender identity, his treatment of the LGBTQ people and immigrants, all of it gives off a dystopian vibe for a reason. Quote, about the don't say gay law, it was in fact modeled in part on what Hungary did last summer. Rod Deerer, a senior editor at the American conservative magazine said during a panel interview in Budapest, I was told this by a conservative reporter who said he talked to the press secretary of Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, and she said, oh yeah, we were watching the Hungarians, so yay Hungary. Most people look at authoritarian governments with pity or horror, but I guess Ron sees them as an inspiration. But I shouldn't really be surprised because Ronnie DeSantis here isn't exactly the most compassionate person, to put it lightly. In fact, the more people see of Ron, the less they seem to actually like him, and he's falling behind in the polls because of it. And this could change. I'm writing this in October. So, you know, a couple weeks before this is going live. So I think it's fair to say that, you know, he isn't about to get more likable anytime soon without a serious personality and morality overhaul. So let's talk about it on today's Corporate Casket. Who is Ron DeSantis? What has he done to Florida? And perhaps most importantly, what would he do to this country? We just 
get a bill in Florida, we're not allowing the pronouns. Like, you can't force these kids to be spelled the same thing. Like, I don't really know what it means, but I, you know, I kind of like it's long. It's got a lot of amusement uh, parks. Someone even said, like, maybe you need another state prison. Who knows? I mean, I just think that. Uh, the I'm going to do what's right for the country. I don't think it would be good for the country to have an almost 80 year old former president go to prison. This is, after all, the individual who reportedly used his fingers to eat chocolate pudding who failed to learn the names of his own staffers, who asked the leader of the Florida Republican Party to fire a recent cancer survivor just a week after that person returned from surgery. My husband, Ron DeSantis, is endorsed by President Trump, but he's also an amazing dad. Ron loves playing with the kids. Build the wall. He reads stories. Then Mr. Trump said, you're fired. I love that part. He's teaching Madison to talk. Make America while I don't want to say that Ron only became governor because of Trump's endorsement, let's be real, it did absolutely help. One of his primary ad campaigns was one in which he taught his kids about Trumpism. Love how Republicans will claim that gay people are indoctrinating their children, but this is totally normal, apparently. When Ron won with the then president's endorsement in his pocket, he didn't even have as much of a reputation or as much funding as his opponent. Yet, despite Trump's slim victory, his words spoke volumes and DeSantis basically became his protege, his ass kisser. Trump even defended Ron against people calling him racist after he had, quote, received criticism for speaking at a conference hosted by a white nationalist, chose not to return money from a donor who used a racist slur, the N-word against Obama, and was reportedly a moderator for a Facebook page full of racially insensitive memes. In typical Trump fashion, he tweeted out that DeSantis's competition was a thief running a corrupt city, et cetera, et cetera. Despite clear warning signs, DeSantis wasn't hurt. He had the president and the wind at his back. So off Ron went into the world to make Trump proud. So let's take a look at how he did. He is exactly like you in every way. Except one-eighth your size. Ron DeSantis has become notorious for making Florida a state that hates gay people. I don't mean that all the people there feel that way, but the laws that he's signed in would make you think otherwise. In fact, he's actually signed so many anti-LGBTQ bills that the effect has shattered records. According to the Human Rights Campaign, 2023 saw more of these bills signed into law than the last seven years combined. When you try to use black history to shoehorn in queer theory, uh, you are clearly trying to use that uh, for political purposes. These might silence educators from talking about sexual orientation, prohibit gender affirming care, or be bathroom bills like what we've discussed in the past. One of them, an especially damaging bill, literally gives healthcare providers the right to discriminate against patients because of their own religious beliefs. The sixth bill thinks ahead and also, quote, discourages cities from passing non-discrimination ordinances. So in other words, encouraging hatred and effectively shoving people back into closets. This is so much worse than some of the debates we've seen in recent years. If a baker doesn't want to make a wedding cake for a gay couple, fine, the couple can go elsewhere and he can miss out on the fabulous design and money that his business could have had. It's unfortunate that individuals feel this way, but homophobia and transphobia will always exist in some form. However, when healthcare providers, educators, essential services, and the government itself can say, you're not welcome here, then that's a whole new level and not a good one. 
If a trans person is riding in an ambulance, having a healthcare emergency, no hospital should be able to say, nah, we don't want them here, risking someone's life because of their identity. But this absolute violation of medical ethics is legal in Florida. A physician could even refuse to prescribe birth control because they're morally opposed to it. That's how far this bill extends. And I think this is absolutely terrifying, and we're already seeing the consequences of this in real time. Transgender people have had to debate whether or not to uproot their lives to feel safe, and those that have stayed are grappling with their care. Lana Dunn, the chief operating officer at Spectrum, which is a clinic that once provided gender-affirming care and now offers mental health services, has spoken to AP News about what these laws have done. They don't just scare off doctors that were once willing to help transgender people, but they make it almost impossible for her and others within the LGBTQ community to find and give support to one another. Quote, as a trans woman herself, Dunn is grappling with losing her own access to hormones while trying to provide support to terrified patients. That's taken a significant emotional toll, she said. Not only am I faced with this lack of care for myself, but a lot of people within the community are also facing the same thing, and they're reaching out to me for guidance, Dunn said. So I'm doing my best to help guide people and console them, but nobody's really reaching out to me saying, how are you doing? Are you okay? Worse yet, these are people that have transitioned, those who are out and need support in medical care. We haven't even begun to speak about how the law smothers any conversation and aid for those who aren't out. Whereas it used to be that if you were struggling with your sexuality or gender, you could speak openly about it with somebody. Those people have become harder to find now. Let's say your parents aren't okay with you being gay. At least hopefully you could find a teacher or counselor at school to ask questions. This isn't the case everywhere, obviously, but at least it was a possibility. Students may learn about what being gay means, or if a school really earned their gold star, then they could also understand what safe sex can look like in straight or same-sex relationships. After all, we simply can't rely on parents to always teach these things, not if they're also intolerant themselves. But in Florida, that's no longer a possibility, period. Unless a parent is willing to teach their child about what being gay means, then students are forbidden to learn it elsewhere. LGBTQ books have been banned, a teacher was investigated for showing a Disney movie with a gay character, and gay clubs are virtually non-existent. And still, this is only what we see on the surface. This still doesn't even begin to touch on the mental health consequences and how gay students may no longer feel safe, let alone represented, in their own classrooms. About 10% of teachers in May of this year said they often had fear or anxiety about losing their jobs if they violate these policies. And an overwhelming majority of LGBTQ parents have been concerned about the bill's impact, with 16% of them taking steps to move states. Yeah, I would absolutely also be moving from a state that doesn't want me there either. About 11% are trying to go to private schools that aren't bound by the don't say gay laws as well. And given this, I think we can say that Ron DeSantis has effectively put another nail into the coffin that is private school. It's bad enough, genuinely. Teachers' wages, teaching for tests. I could go on and on about public schools for ages, and I have an old video talking about it too, but truthfully, it does need some updating. But now, schools are no longer safe havens for students who may have not had one in the first place. It was already terrible being a you know, place of expression for so many, but with these laws, you effectively are not allowed to exist or be discussed if you're part of the LGBTQ community. To be clear, so many people are against this. 
Medical experts, parents, teachers, and the students themselves have spoken out or protested this bill. But the Florida Senate, along with Ron DeSantis, is so incredibly homophobic and hateful that the actual well-being of their students has come secondary to their bigoted arrogance. I'm sure many of you knew this, at least to some extent already. But with DeSantis literally running for president, I don't think it can be overstated. Call him unlikable. Say his laugh is freaky and inhuman and weird, because it is. But we can't forget to call him anti-student, homophobic, and hateful either. But how else has DeSantis affected Florida? Let's go ahead and count even more ways. Regardless if you are for or against immigration, I'm sure or at least I hope we can all agree on one thing. Immigrants are people. Well, I guess when Ron DeSantis was sucking in all that hot air with that fake laugh of his, he may have lost a few brain cells and forgotten. Once again, Ron set records in the worst kinds of way with how harsh and brutal his policies have been. They aren't simply anti-illegal immigration, but they're anti-business and perhaps anti-human too. Mother Jones explained that the legislation means local governments can't provide funds to use IDs and immigrants can't use legally issued driver's licenses from other states either. Hospitals have to collect immigration data on admission or registration forms and the transportation of undocumented immigrants is now a felony. Quote, Meanwhile, $12 million will be allocated to the governor's so-called unauthorized alien transport program, to move immigrants to other states as a way to criticize the Biden administration's supposedly open border policy. So just to be clear, Ron is using $12 million, 12 million taxpayer dollars to move immigrants around like tokens just to stick it to the president. The amount of chaos this legislation has caused is purely indescribable. People have been scared to go to work and leave their homes. And once again, many are considering leaving the state entirely too. Maybe you see Ron's perspective here and say, good, they're illegal anyway, right? Well, then I sure hope you aren't like most other Republicans and conservatives who claim to care about the state of the economy because it also isn't a good thing for Florida's economy. It's actually quite the disaster. This bill goes overboard, profiles Floridians, and puts almost a million people living in Florida at risk. It's echoed that infamous show me your papers law back in Georgia, which led to racial profiling at every turn and was meant to attack, quote, every aspect of an illegal alien's life. The bill also puts harsh fines on employers with more than 25 workers who don't use E-Verify to hire workers and funds programs that have flown asylum seekers from Texas to Martha's Vineyard under false pretenses. I wish I were kidding, but DeSantis was actually a part of this. Supposedly transporting immigrants to sanctuary destinations, that was a legitimate plan of his. His message is effectively, Hey, these liberal states incentivize immigration so they can deal with it. Which they do, by the way, as the community of Martha's Vineyard leapt together to help and welcome these people. I guess good job proving a point of sorts. Regardless, I think this is overboard. And no, it's not really just Democrats or liberals saying that, but other Florida lawmakers have also said that the money for this flight was misused and these asylum seekers have even filed a class action lawsuit. One plaintiff, Yannette Doe, traveled from San Antonio to Martha's Vineyard with her 11-year-old son and husband. The suit tells her story and reads, quote, if plaintiff Yannette Doe and her family had known that they would be deposited in Martha's Vineyard or that the defendants would use them as a political ploy in order to send a message about their political views on immigration and force photographs of plaintiff Yannette Doe and her family into the national media, plaintiff Yannette Doe and her family would not have boarded the plane to Massachusetts. 
Asylum seekers and undocumented immigrants fleeing to the U.S. is not an act of war, but that's exactly what Ron DeSantis has called it, an act of war. And he sure is treating immigrants that way. Right now, it's believed that these flights he's arranged could be considered criminal acts, though we'll ultimately see if anything comes from that. I wouldn't hold my breath, even if I am hopeful, because I just don't see the government as, you know, competent. At the end of the day, just like with LGBTQ people, the way that he's used people's well-being as pawns and gone after healthcare for people really shows where Ron's head is at. He doesn't care about the well-being of others. Duh. Undocumented immigrants and LGBTQ people may be first in line for him to attack, but who else is he willing to take help away from? How far does it go? Because let's be real, people like Ron don't stop stripping away rights at one or two communities. Unfortunately, we're still not done with Ron and his many plans. The Sunshine State hasn't really been shining on workers as of late, and his policies are a big reason for that. It seems Ron does care about one community after all, the billionaires. One of the largest and most politically influential home builders in Florida essentially gave the governor a $30,000 golf simulator. A golf simulator that was installed in the governor's mansion in 2019. Facts aren't exactly what we would call a priority for Ron. On the campaign trail, maybe you've heard him talk about a crime in a way that's reminiscent of his idol, Trump. 180,000 illegal immigrants with criminal records ordered deported from our country are tonight roaming free to threaten peaceful citizens. The only trouble is, Ron, that your policies aren't actually helping anyone. He has bent over backwards to say that he's making Florida a safer place, a better place. But the statistics just don't back that up. State crime isn't at a 50-year low like he claims, or at least he sure can't prove it. Since the 1970s, Florida reports on a summary basis, which NBC explains as one incident only being reported once, even if multiple crimes take place because of it. Florida is shifting to align with FBI reporting standards, but it's really questionable to say that crime is at an all-time low in a state that literally isn't up to date in how they actually even report crime. They were even excluded from national crime statistics for this very reason. Plus, his supposed tough-on-crime policies are all but progressive. They're old-fashioned, outdated, and harmful. But do you know who does love Ron's methods? The billionaires. I suppose Ron has helped some people after all, even if they sure as hell didn't need any help. In fact, some organizations, such as the social welfare organization More Perfect Union, argue that Ron has outright let billionaires destroy Florida completely. Jason Garcia, investigative reporter in Florida, told MPU all about Ron's deals with the uber rich. Apparently, he was gifted this extremely high-end golf simulator by a real estate mogul. How has it been used? Well, check it out. The governor's political staff was planning to essentially sell access to the governor, in part by using the golf course. They had an actual price list. Golf in a foursome, $25,000 per person. You want to golf one-on-one with Ron DeSantis? $100,000. Folks have figured out this is really a good way to build influence with him. And that's right. His time is effectively for sale to the highest bidder. And if you golf with Ron, chat with him one-on-one, then maybe you can influence him or sway his decisions a little bit. It's like lobbying, but even more obvious, even closer to downright bribery, and even more rage-inducing, or it should be. Because let's be real here. Businesses that are willing to toss their ethics in the trash have more money than human welfare organizations. The CEOs and owners of Nestle, developments, oil companies, they can all afford to buy Ronnie Boy a home. 
but concerned citizens, a community of immigrants, an LGBTQ plus organization. Dropping $100,000 just to grab the ear of a governor is a lot harder to do for the folks that need it. And the reality is it shouldn't have to be done to begin with because Ron should be hearing everyone equally, but clearly that's a little more than fantasy. More Perfect Union argues that the consequences of Ron's influential ties are already being felt. For one, Florida is the worst state in the country in terms of housing. Five in 10 most overpriced housing markets are in Florida and their rate of evictions are the second highest in the country. Ron did cite a housing plan, that's true, but it doesn't help the people in crisis right now. A bill for rent control was proposed, a bill that you know wouldn't let landlords raise the rent by more than 10% a year, but who did Ron listen to? His people, the Floridians he's supposedly bound to serve, or the landlords that came knocking on his door? Insurance companies and utility companies have also been protected by Ronnie Boy, and the rich have gotten yet more tax breaks. His bill even made it harder for customers to sue their insurance companies if they got screwed over, meaning that getting justice on a local level is still difficult. It's bad enough that people below the poverty line in Florida pay five times more in taxes than the uber wealthy. That's just, eesh, that's, it's so backwards. It's beyond backwards. I don't know. I, how do you let that happen? But just, I feel like that's more of a rhetorical question. But, but now people who may have lost their homes, the, the people who are struggling to put their lives back together, to put food on the table, to literally keep a roof over their head. These people could be completely screwed over because Ron is deciding to side with insurers, with the people who are giving him money versus the people who elected him who need his help. I'm just getting the general vibe that Ron just wants a state full of rich white men, maybe even a country full of only rich white men, because that's certainly the message he's promoting. Industries love him, that's for sure. They've donated millions and millions to his campaign. But as for the people, well, apparently they're not loving him so much anymore. The holidays are the busiest time of the year, so don't get stuck worrying about shipping orders. Let ShipStation do the heavy lifting so you and your team can put your time, money, and energy into more important things. Plus, when it comes to those inevitable holiday returns, ShipStation automates, recommends exchanges, and gathers customer feedback all for you. So even if they bought the wrong size or color, they're still going to have a great experience. And ShipStation, just from a user perspective on the back end, is incredibly easy to use. And that's super important to me that you don't necessarily have to have a lot of knowledge to be able to just jump in and get it right the first time. And ShipStation does that. They make it easy to compare rates, import addresses, make sure your shipping times are tracked, make sure tracking numbers are going out. They do everything for you and they make it easy. It's easy for you and it's easy for your customer and that's a really easy win-win. A lot of easies today, but that's because ShipStation does make everything easy. And by using ShipStation, you'll get discounts up to 84% off of USPS and UPS rates. And did you know that over 130,000 companies have scaled their e-commerce businesses with ShipStation? And 98% of those companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life. So let your customers shop risk-free this holiday season with ShipStation. Make sure you go to ShipStation.com and use code CASKET and sign up for your free 60-day trial. Again, that's ShipStation.com, code CASKET. Wednesday evening, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis making it official. He is running for president on Twitter with Elon Musk. But the major technical challenges just before we came on the air tonight for him, 
ABC's chief Washington correspondent, Jonathan Carl. In, in May 2023, Ron announced that he was running for president. Shortly before he did, and you know, it was fairly obvious he was planning on running, news sources started talking. If he's really going to even attempt to lead this country, we need to see what he's actually done to Florida. And we need to look at it as a whole. Then, you know, when you do that, it's not really a pretty picture we're looking at. Time Magazine wrote, quote, more than four years into the DeSantis governorship, Florida continues to languish towards the bottom of state rankings assessing the quality of healthcare, school funding, long-term elder care, and other areas key to a successful society. Ronnie Boy and other officials like him have prioritized being the place that, you know, where woke goes to die, as he said, as opposed to being a halfway decent place to actually live. Minimum wage is stuck and stagnating, corporations get low tax rates while citizens suffer, and Florida ranks 48 among the 50 states in public school spending. Public schools in general are already grossly underfunded with abysmal pay for teachers, but now not only are kids, especially the LGBTQ kids targeted in the classroom, but the classroom is worse off financially too. Look, I don't care what party you belong to, Democrat, Republican, Green, Independent, being homophobic should never be prioritized over human welfare. Ron is so incredibly dead set on being this, you know, ultra, conservative figure that he has put Floridians in a position that the state is becoming unlivable for some of them. And of course, I'm unbelievably grateful that at this moment, Ron's favorability is in decline. His actions in that whole Disney controversy certainly didn't help either. Basically, long story short, TLDR, Ron went after Disney to tighten their oversight. Maybe the gay characters triggered him a bit too much, you know, not triggered, but you know, definitely triggered and Disney pulled the plug on a development that would have brought a ton of jobs and tourism to the state, basically telling Ron to fuck off and leave the mouse house alone. I talk more about it in detail, but there's literally so much to go over that I just want to kind of paint some broad strokes here to just give you an idea of this, you know, clown's values. Even Republicans can actually agree that DeSantis isn't as great as they thought he was, as Ron's home state has realized how bad he's actually been for Florida. His iron grip has rusted, as the director of the University of Virginia's Center for Politics put it. I remember not all that long ago when he was like a Republican golden boy. He was Trump's mini-me, younger and the same as Trump himself, but without the personal controversies. Now, Trump has dubbed him desanctimonious, which is way too long of a nickname to ever stick, and the people around Ron see him for the failure that he really is. I'm convinced the only reason Trump gave him a nickname that long is because he wanted to use a word from his vocab word-a-day calendar or something. Like, there's just no way that that word is in that man's normal vocabulary. There's just not. Now, if his own state doesn't like him, the question here is, why should you? What makes you think he would treat the rest of the country any better? The reality is, he wouldn't. He wouldn't, and quite frankly, I don't think he can. So let's go ahead and bring this all back around to the beginning of the episode and read a quote from the Tampa Bay Times. No matter what you think about the state of the Florida economy or its schools or its future, the choice really is this simple. Do you want the state governed by a decent man or a bully? Now, I hope that Ron's run with politics is over. I don't think I could trust him to govern more than a garbage island out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. And I think that's a place he'd actually fit right in with the rest of the trash. But with all of that being said, that's where we're going to end today's episode of The Corporate Casket. Hope you learned something new today. And if you did, make sure you're liking, following, and subscribing to stay up to date with all the latest episodes. I'm so sorry I didn't talk about the conspiracy theory of Ron DeSantis and his high heels. 
truthfully, that's that's a good goof and a gaff, a good giggle here and there, but um, there's way worse things that he's up to than the fact that he might be wearing, uh, what is it, shoe lifters or whatever inside his shoes to make him look taller. But thank you as always for joining me. I really do appreciate it. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye.